Tonight on Truth Today, it is imperative that we contend for the faith, contend for Christ in these times of great deception. We're going to bring a warning tonight about false teachers, specifically one false teacher that is in the headlines recently. We're going to be talking about Bible prophecy. We're going to be discussing the Democrat Party obsession with child sacrifice. We're going to be uh, praying for the people of Turkey and a lot more here tonight on Truth Today. Please stay tuned for Truth Today right now. Thank you for joining us here tonight on Truth Today. Uh, Pastor Sharam Hadi with Truth and Love Ministry. I want to encourage you, please check out our website, tilministry.com. Please check out our website. Please subscribe to our email newsletter and um, uh, check out all of our content, including our up- upcoming events that we have uh, being posted as we speak and also uh, our brand new DVD content that we have. We have a brand new DVD and two in the works that will be coming out this year. We're very excited for those. Also, uh, as I mentioned, check out our Rumble page, rumble.com slash Sharam Hadian, rumble.com slash Sharam Hadian. Even if the, if the live stream does not work, uh, we still archive our shows there. So that's where you're gonna go to be able to watch the show. So please subscribe to that page so you get a notification both of live streams and of our uploaded content because we are uploading everything there since we've been kicked off of YouTube, including uh, our shows that we're doing on Catching Fire News on the subject of Islam. I just did another one, our, our 10th episode, just recorded that today. That'll be going up sometime next week. Uh, so please, again, subscribe to Rumble. Um, now, I wanna get into uh, uh, our message tonight there's a lot to cover tonight, a lot to unpack tonight when we talk about contending for our faith. And so let's start in the Bible, as we always do in the Word of God, and we're going to go to uh, the book of Jude. The book of Jude, there's only one chapter, so if you want to turn there with me, please, the book of Jude. And we're going to talk about uh, contending for the faith. And so in uh, verse 3, we know that this is Jude. Who is writing, and I mentioned this a little bit on our Tuesday show as well, but I want to get into this more tonight. And then also this coming Sunday at Patriot Church, I'm going to be teaching on this subject for the whole hour on the sermon about contending for the faith and reviving the fear of the Lord in the body of Christ. I believe this is the end time move of God is to contend for Christ to contend for Christ in the end time church. Sorry, let me say that again. It's time that we, um, we lost audio there just for a second. It's time that we contend for Christ, if you have that image up dry or not. Let's put that up again. Uh, so I'm going to be teaching on this again on Sunday, to contend for Christ and reviving the fear of the Lord. And we'll have that Uh, We'll make sure that we put that up on our Rumble page after the sermon. But if you are on Facebook, you can check it out on Patriot Church uh, Facebook page in Knoxville. Now, uh, Jude says in chapter 1, verse 3, Beloved, while I was uh, very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation. So what's the subject here? The subject is salvation, the gospel, Uh, who God is, the revelation of Christ. I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly 
for the faith. Now, contention here or contending, if you look at the Greek there, it is a term, first of all, it's an action. So it's an act. It's something that we must actively do. It's not a once uh, thing. It's not something that we do once and then that's it. It's something that we're actively doing. We're actively contending. And the contention here is a battle. So we are fighting. We're battling for the faith. We're defending the faith. We are preserving the faith. We're doing everything we can to hang on to the faith. So the contending is a uh, a term like you would for boxing, where you would say that we're uh, contending for the title. You're fighting and, and boxing for that title. So we are contending for the revelation of our common salvation and the faith that has been revealed, as Jude says, which was once for all delivered or revealed to the saints. So this faith has been revealed. It is unchanging. It is not something that now becomes relevant or adapts or changes to the culture of today. No, this is something that was, that is, and will be to come. It is something that was revealed once and for all by the apostles, by the, uh, to the saints, to the church of Jesus Christ, and that's what we're contending for. Now, he gets into the specificity of why it is necessary to contend because you have, verse 4, certain men who have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So certain men have come into the body of Christ pretending to be leaders, pastors, teachers, Christians, who long ago were destined for this very purpose. God knew that these were men were going to come into the body, these people were going to come into the body and lead the body into lewdness to distort the grace of God. It's what we call licentiousness. I mentioned this on, on Tuesday. It's what we call licentiousness, where we take grace and grace becomes cheap grace. You've heard the term cheap grace. Well, grace becomes cheap because now grace is used to justify licentiousness, meaning lawlessness. So as I mentioned on Tuesday, we don't want to operate in legalism. We don't want to be legalistic. We don't want to be dead in our faith. We don't want to be a dead religion. That's one side of the equation. The other side of the equation goes to the other side of this, of this spectrum, and you get into licentiousness, which ultimately licentiousness, cheap grace, grace justifying what is against the Word of God, now that becomes lawlessness because anytime I wander away from the laws of God, from the commands of God, I'm now operating in lawlessness. Lawlessness is not going against the, you know, the laws of the country. Lawlessness is going against the very laws and nature of God and His commandments. What He has declared to be good, you now have made evil. And what He has declared to be evil, you now have made to be good. So then it goes on to say, but I want to remind you, though you once knew this, 
that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. This is, a, this is not an Old Testament concept. He's telling the story. This is what God did, and, and he's still doing it. Verse 6, And the angels who did, who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Verse 7, As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, pay attention, because we're going to be talking about this later, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So those who give over to sexual immorality or those in the church who are leading Christians over to sexual immorality, they are setting forth the example and they're going to suffer the vengeance of God, the vengeance of eternal destruction. There's a, there's, a, there's a heavy, heavy price for those who are claiming to be teachers and yet are leading people astray. So Jude is saying, for these reasons, and it goes on if you want to read again, likewise also those dreamers defile the flesh, reject authority, speak evil of dignitaries. Um, then in verse 12, talking about those, uh, these uh, are spots in your love feast, which, uh, while they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. They are clouds without water, carried about by the winds, late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots. That's the description that the Holy Spirit is giving to those who are doing what we just talked about is happening. And so this is so important that this apostasy, this false teaching is being uh, exposed and Jude is saying, listen, don't give in. And, and so my message to you tonight, don't give in to the false teaching of the hour. Don't give in. It, 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 tonight, I'm going to expose another facet of one of, the, uh, one of the most followed Christian evangelists or teachers in the nation and, and, and someone who actually 23 years ago God used to personally touch me has gone so far astray, so far off field that we can only say this is now false teaching and a false teacher. And so we must contend for the faith. The contention of our faith is paramount in this hour because Jesus, as was revealed by the apostles, by the word of God, has been revealed once and for all, folks. There is not a new revelation there's not a new interpretation. No teacher gets to come and say, well, now these things are different. We must abide and stand on the word of God. And that's what I want to encourage you to do in this hour. It's imperative that we do that because we are under assault from all different directions. And so um, we're going to be talking about the false teachers. And I'm, I'm, I'll, in just a minute, I want to share with you a couple other verses about the, uh, the warnings in the New Testament about false teachers and why we have to be so on guard in order to contend for the faith. By the way, this is why I said last week we need watchmen for the Lord, right? We need the watchmen on the wall who are warning about the false teachers, who are warning about 
the, the, the floods of the enemy, who are warning about the things that, um, that, that, that are coming into the body of Christ. And this is why we must repent for what we're doing. We must turn away from our sins. We must turn away from this compromise because there is no power in it. If we seek to save a lost world, if we seek to reach those for Christ with the gospel of Jesus Christ, the same gospel that brought me out of the darkness of Islam 23 years ago, that same gospel is is alive today, it is active today, as it has been for 2,000 years. It is the same God yesterday, the same God today, the same God tomorrow, the God who is, who, who, who was, who is, and is to come. So may we not vacate. Now, I want to just briefly jump over to Bible prophecy. I covered this on Tuesday, and I want to give an update because I believe this is Bible prophecy happening before our very eyes. Matthew 24, Jesus warned about that one of the signs of the last days of the coming of the Lord is going to be earthquakes, uh, great in, an increase of earthquakes. And so we are seeing earthquakes increase. We have the earthquake that happened in Turkey and in Syria. And I want to encourage you, of course, even though the Word of God has um, uh, said that this is, this is going to happen, it doesn't make it any easier uh, when it happens, folks. So we need to pray for the victims. And I want to bring you the latest. This is the latest um, that was from Fox News. Um, and so let's bring this up, please, Drya, from Fox News. The dramatic video shows that the, the earthquake in Turkey, Turkey and in Syria, the death toll, as we said on Tuesday, it was predicted that it was going to go over 20,000 now. This makes it the worst disaster globally since the 2011 tsunami that hit Japan. Uh, we're talking about that uh, this was the 7.8 magnitude and then the after effects, that, the aftershock that hit that. Uh, the death toll in Turkey right now is um, seven, over 17,000 in Turkey, over 3,000 reported in Syria, 70,000 or more injured. Uh, well over 6,000 plus buildings have collapsed. Uh, it, it, it is catastrophic. It is apocalyptic. Um, the worst in Turkey in over 100 years. Uh, and as I mentioned to you, I believe that this is, has a prophetic implication because of how important Turkey and to some extent Syria is in the Gog and Magog war that is coming. The, war, the, the Word of God in Ezekiel 38 tells us that there will be earthquakes, and specifically in Israel, but in this case, it is happening, I believe, to the nations that are engaging against coming against Israel. This is why it's so important that no matter how we feel about the government of Israel, about how sold out Netanyahu is to the global agenda or to the COVID fraud, no matter how deceived the Jews are, we must stand on the Word of God. And the Word of God clearly says that God is going to rebirth Israel in the last days. Israel will become a nation again. Israel is the focal point of God's prophecy. Israel has a separate dispensation than the church. It is not. We, this ministry does not support replacement theology. I believe replacement theology is unbiblical. We support a proper dispensation. And the primary purpose of the book of... Uh, uh, the primary purpose of the seven-year tribulation, the 70th week of Daniel 9, is for God to finalize the dealing with His people Israel. 
And as such, these nations that come against Israel, we've said before, the Ezekiel 30 and 39 war is a supernatural war. It is going to be supernatural. God is going to intervene. And so could it be that this earthquake is a warning to these nations, to Russia, to Iran, to, to, to Turkey, to Syria? Syria is their base of operations for attacking Israel. That's where the base of operations is going to be. So I'm not saying that it is 100%, thus says the Lord. I'm saying that the Bible has foretold that there will be an increase in the intensity and the number of earthquakes as a sign of the last days. And certainly we are seeing that. And so continue to pray for the individuals, for the families, for the Christians that are in those areas, for the Christians that are in Turkey. Again, as I mentioned on Tuesday, there are many Iranian Christians that go to Turkey to, to spend time being discipled. There are ministries that are in Turkey discipling people. We need to pray for them, those who are affected. Uh, but we also got to pray that God is revealing the warning and that people will then turn to Christ. Not to Islam, not to Allah, the false God, but may they call upon the name of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His name is Yeshua. His name is Jesus. That's the only God that can save. That's the only God that is redeemed. That is the only God who has proven who He is. Islam is false. Every other ideology is false. But there is but one way, one truth, one life, one hope, one salvation. As Jude says, contend for that salvation. So let's get back to the Bible for a second, Drya. We're going to go back to the Word of God, and I want to quickly turn to a couple of passages. One is in Acts chapter 20. Again, this is a warning to the church about false teachers. So tonight's message, again, is contending for the faith and exposing uh, Bible prophecy and the false teachers that are part of that Bible prophecy. In fact, that's part of Bible prophecy is for us to be beware of false teachers and false prophets in the last days. So here in uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 28, Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Now, this is specifically talking to, obviously, shepherds, elders, overseers, but also to the body of Christ because we ought to be watchmen in the Lord. To shepherd the church of God, and I would say, by the way, this is a warning that would be relevant also for your family. It's a warning that, that, that would fit for your family as well. So we ought to be um, shepherds of the church, shepherds of our family, of, which God, uh, of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among you yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch, be watchmen, there it is again, and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. So we must be on guard, we must be shepherds in our homes, in our families, and in the church of the wolves, the false teachers, and the false prophets that are going to come. And then here we have in Matthew chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7, as part of, again, an end-time warning, Jesus himself says in verse 15, Beware of false prophets. 
they come in or they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. So they come to you, what? As sheep, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. So by their fruit, you will recognize them. There's our litmus test. What is the fruit? Not everyone in verse 21 who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name or in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Now, I want to specifically focus tonight on a specific individual that I believe has now crossed over. In fact, I've been warning about this individual for a number of years in our ministry. Uh, and I'm warning for several reasons because, first of all, this individual is personal to me because God used this individual. So let me give you the quick backstory. In 1999, when I was in Atlanta, Georgia, and the Lord brought some Christians into my life who finally had the courage to share Christ with me, to actually share the gospel. Not just, oh, we're Christians, but they don't live it. There's nothing in their life reflects Christianity. And I had that. I had, I had Christian friends like that growing up. I knew Christians, and they didn't look anything like Christ. They didn't look anything like Christianity or the Bible. They were Christians in name only. They lived no differently than the world. They did everything that the world does. So finally, when I met, a, 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 the Lord brought a handful of people into my life through various circumstances over a period of a few weeks. And one of them is an individual who was a student of mine when I was a coach at the time down in Atlanta, Georgia. I was coaching tennis. And the, the, the individual said, you know, I'm a Christian and I asked questions of them and I was very curious. And they gave me a tape to listen to. And the tape was of a gospel message. It was, it, it was an Easter service, a resurrection service message. And it was a two-sided tape. It, if you guys remember tapes, right? Now everything is digital. But when we've actually had tape, tape players, you know, in our cars, before CDs, before iPods, before everything became digital, and so we put the, I put the tape, uh, the, the person gave me a tape and said, listen, this is, I think this tape will answer your question. And so the tape was titled, um, you know, an Easter message, a resurrection message. Um, the first side was about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And the, the, the other side was about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I didn't catch at the time that this pastor tended to teach in a manner that would say things like, well, Paul said this, Luke said this, Matthew said this. I didn't catch that at the time. But what this teacher at that time revealed was simply the Word of God. 
was simply evidence of the Word of God proving that Jesus of Nazareth was crucified as he had predicted, evidence for the crucifixion, and then, more importantly, on the second side, Jesus' prediction of the resurrection and how imperative the resurrection is to Christianity. Without the resurrection, there is no Christ, there is no atonement, there is nothing. And this was profound. This was, this was profoundly hard for me to receive. So in one sense, it offended me because when this individual asked me a few weeks later if I had listened to the tape, uh, I, I went to give the tape back to them. I said, yes, I listened to it. And I said, it offended me. At the time, it was so hard to receive because it was such powerful truth. Now, why do I share that? Because the Bible says that if we preach the gospel, even with ill motive, and I don't know at that time the motive of this pastor, but, but I can tell you the gospel was preached, and the Bible says even if it's preached with ill motive, God will use his word. God will honor his word. God will use his word. So, we can, so that is a lesson to us that we can rest, that if we preach the word of God, if we preach the word in season and out of season, unashamedly, unapologetically, God will use his word. The Bible says the word will not return back to him null or void. It will have its impact. And that's what it did to me. Because the gospel was preached, the crucifixion, the resurrection, the evidence of, 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 of both and the claims of Christ according to the word of God and how they were backed by eyewitnesses and what the Bible claimed. And that message, and at the end of that tape, was the sinner's prayer, was a prayer to believe upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, to believe on the life of Jesus Christ. And if you believe by faith, you are saved. And you pray and you receive the Holy Spirit. And I was driving and, and so, uh, you know, I had listened to this sermon uh, several times in my car over a number of weeks. I then connected with a gentleman who was a, who was a Christian in the area uh, who then met with me and I had, I had many questions about Christianity and he, he just, just so beautifully and so led by the Holy Spirit uh, moved through and shared those questions with me and, and led me to the Word of God. And, and, and this was the, you know, the Bible that I believed as a Muslim was corrupted. Uh, he, he met with me graciously the first time and, and I had, on the phone I had asked him a lot of questions. He said, listen, these are excellent questions. I want you to write it down and when we come and meet, will then go before the Lord with those questions. And I did. When I, I met with him and I had a list of questions, and I, he would just, he would say, you know what, let's pray. Holy Spirit, reveal to us your answers. He would turn and turn to a chapter or a verse. And this Bible, this so-called corrupt book, would answered every one of my questions. And so now the Word of God is what? Coming alive. The Bible is coming alive. The Scriptures are coming alive. There was no, there was no apology for the scriptures. There was no denying that this was authoritative. And a few uh, days later, after I met with him the first time, I'm driving in my car and I'm listening to this tape. And that's when the, now I know the Holy Spirit just powerfully came within that car. I began to start weeping. And I pull over to the side of the road and I'm just weeping. I'm, I'm bawling. And I don't even understand what's happening to me. And very, very subtly, the Spirit spoke to my heart, Sharam, you now know the truth. You now know the truth. One way is truth and the other way is a lie. And that was the comparison between Christianity and, and my Muslim background, being a Muslim, be, uh, coming from Islam. 
One way is true, one way is a lie. Choose today whom you're gonna serve. That was the question that I felt impressed upon my heart. And right there in that car on that day, I chose to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And June of, of, of 2023 will be 24 years that I have been in the faith by the grace and the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm here, I'm standing, and I will continue to proclaim the truth of the Word of God to be the, 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 to speak the truth in love as Ephesians 4 commands us until my last breath, until I'm taking it up to the Lord, or unless the Lord comes back sooner than that. So who was this teacher? I've kept you in suspense. Who was this man that God used? And, and here's the irony of it is that the person who gave me the tape subsequently went to that church, invited me to one of their services. And when I went to one of their services, big, huge mega church in Alpharetta, Georgia, that's probably a clue there, big, huge mega church. And when I went to their service, all I remember about the service was, number one, they played secular music in the worship. They played a song called Mike in the Mechanics. It was called Every Generation. Now, I remember that because it, it was just like, wow, why is a Christian church playing a secular song during worship? That's how relevant they wanted to be to be seeker sensitive. And the second thing was, the only thing I remember about the sermon was the pastor had a Harley Davidson on, on, the, on the stage, and I could not for the life of me remember what the, 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 the object lesson was about the Harley. Maybe something about parts or I, but it, none of that mattered. None of that God used. What God used was the unapologetic presentation of the gospel. Now, who was that pastor? You may have guessed by now. If you saw the text alert, that was Charles Stanley's son, Andy Stanley, who is now, again, pastoring one of the largest megachurches in the world. Multiple campuses. Now, let's go to this first headline, Dry, if you could, um, that says, getting unhitched. Just come up, to, bring this up for a second. Getting unhitched from the Old Testament, Andy Stanley aims at heresy. Now, I am not a huge fan of Albert Moeller. I think Albert Moeller is, is at times has been in that camp of, 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 of social justice and wokeism and certainly uh, is connected to the Gospel Coalition. But this particular article was correct, and I just want to highlight it because where truth is spoken, truth is spoken. And I had warned back in 2017, 2018, when Andy Stanley had gone public and said that it is time that Christians now unhitch from the Old Testament, it is time now that Christians unhitch from the Ten Commandments. At that time, I said, here's what this is going to mean. It's going to mean that he is going to then become licentious because he said at that time, we now only follow one commandment, and that is to love one another. It's all about Jesus and follow his commandment. Well, what about the fact that Jesus says, Pastor Stanley, that the first commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. The second is like it. Nope, for him, it was just one. And so this article is explaining the fact that Stanley claims that Peter, James, Paul, 
elected to unhitch the Christian faith from their Jewish scriptures. Listen to that. The Christian faith from their Jewish scriptures. And my friends, we must as well. This is what he said back in 2018. Later to Relevant Magazine, he said, well, I never suggested we unhitch from a passage of scripture or a specific Bible imperative. Again, I was preaching through Acts 15 where Peter, James, and, the Paul, and Paul recommended the first century church unhitch, my words, the law of Moses from the gospel being preached to the Gentiles in Antioch. Indeed, if you listen to the sermon, and I actually went back at that time and listened to the whole sermon because I wanted to take it in context. He said that the Old Testament commands, any moral commands in the Old Testament should be nullified. He said that it is not the go-to source regarding any behavior in the church. So the Old Testament has no value to the church, to the behavior of Christians in the church today, according to Andy Stanley. So we have to unhitch, quote, the church from the worldview, value system, listen to this, value systems and regulations of the Jewish scriptures. That's why he then went on to say in the same sermon, it's time to unhitch from the Ten Commandments. Hmm. So let me get this right, Mr. Stanley. We have to then unhitch ourselves from the value system of the Ten Commandments, the moral law of God. Now, we're not talking about ceremonial law or civil law. We're talking about the moral laws. Can I ask you, is it now okay for me to murder? Is it okay for me to dishonor my father and mother? Is it okay for me to take the Lord's name in vain? Is it okay for me to blaspheme the Lord's name? Is it okay for me to commit adultery? Is it okay for me to bear false witness? Is it okay for me to covet? Are any of those things okay for Christians? Because according to Mr. Stanley, that's what is required of New Testament Christians now. And again, the article goes more specifically into his words. And this is the same Andy Stanley who has routinely said, I no longer say the Bible teaches. In fact, here's what he says. He says, so the early church, no one ever said in the early church, the Bible says, the Bible teaches, the Bible says, the Bible teaches, because there was no the Bible. But the, uh, to the point of your question, there was scripture, but every time we see the phrase the scripture or the scripture in the New Testament, as you know, we have to stop and ask the question, what was this particular group of people referring to because there was no Bible? So using that argument, he says today, we should not say to unbelievers, the Bible says. We should not say to unbelievers, the scripture says. We should say Paul says, or Peter says, or James says. Well, where, where did Paul, Peter, James, or even Jesus get the authority from the scriptures? Because what they did have back then is the Old Testament. The New Testament apostles didn't have the New Testament yet. They had the Old Testament. What were they abiding by? What were the, all the prophecies that were being brought forth? This is so false teaching. It is heretical teaching. And then it goes on. So let, let, let's go further because now there's um, more and more question, and it has been for several years, again, because what I predicted back in 2018 was that based on the pattern of how, remember, I got saved in 1999. North Point Community Church, where he, that he pastors, was, was going seeker-sensitive then, as I said. 
1999. But Stanley preached the gospel. And God didn't save me because of Andy Stanley. God saved me because of the word of God. Because the word of God was preached. Because the same passage that I, I, I said earlier where Paul says that if you preach the gospel with ill motive, but you preach the gospel, God can still use it. But he also said, but then if you preach a false gospel, if you preach another gospel, accursed be you. God can never use a compromised message because it's not his message. And so in this article, uh, the discussion was all of a sudden about the fact that Mega church pastor Andy Stanley is being criticized for a recent sermon talking about um, homosexuality in his church. Now, what's very important to understand is that, again, we have warned about this for a long time because I, I want to go, did we bring up that headline, Drya? Um, of, 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 yeah, now this is an older article. You see this is an older article, but I, I, I want to um, highlight what is, is, is now recent. So uh, let's go to the tweet from Ryan Visconti. Can we go to that? So he says that in, because I keep forgetting to say this. Uh, come back to me just for a second, please, Dry, uh, and then we'll go back to the tweet. Um, I keep forgetting to say this. So in 2018, when Stanley made the, 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 the teaching about unhitching from the Old Testament, unhitching from the, uh, the Ten Commandments, I said, look, what this is doing is that he's opening the door for licentiousness, particularly to be gay affirming. Because where it was going was the fact that now when you remove the first commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you're only talking about the second commandment, which is to love your neighbor as yourself, and that becomes the only commandment, as he said in that very same sermon, that is only now one commandment that we must follow. I said, well, what that's going to do is the idea of to love one another will now love is arbitrary. It's not, it's not objective, it's subjective, and it's now arbitrary. It's whatever you want to make it out to be. It's so therefore, they're going to become a gay-affirming church and it's going to be totally licentious, totally lewd, totally lawless, totally affirming. And so Ryan Visconti is now, let's bring the, 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 the tweet back up, please again, Drya. On September 19, 2019, he said, I was invited to a private dinner with about 15 pastors at a local church in Gilbert, Arizona to participate in a Q&A with Andy Stanley after he finished speaking at a conference. The subject of homosexuality came up, and over the next hour and a half, Andy shared, and now, he, now if you go to this tweet, if you look up Ryan Visconti on Twitter, you'll see, come back to me, please, Drya, that now he, goes, he shares other tweets, and I'm going to share those with you here. Andy shared overtly heretical views that clearly contradict what the Word of God says. I was shocked to find myself arguing with Andy Stanley along with other pastors despite our respect for him. Here's what Andy Stanley said. Homosexuality is, quote, really a disability, using the analogy that telling gay people they have to stop being gay to follow Christ is like taking a wheelchair away from a guy who can't walk. So that was the logic that, according to Ryan Visconti, who was at present at a dinner, that that's the logic that Stanley was using, that homosexuality is like having a... Uh, disability. It's not a sin issue. It's a disability. So we can't take that away from people. 
So then Andy Stanley says, quote, I don't do gay weddings, but I can't say I would never do a gay wedding. If my granddaughter asked me someday, maybe I would, end of quote. Then, worst of all, he says, quote, we need to make room for gay men who choose to be married to each other in our churches because that's as close as they can get to a New Testament framework of marriage. Do I need to read that for you one more time? Let me read it one more time. According to Andy Stanley, quote, we need to make room for gay men who choose to be married to each other in our churches because that's as close as, as, as they get to a New Testament framework of marriage. So according to Andy Stanley, God does not have power to redeem somebody that is in a homosexual lifestyle. By the way, the Bible does not use the word gay. It uses the word homosexual. It uses the word abomination. Um, so this sodomy, this homosexuality, this act of homosexuality, according to Stanley, cannot be redeemed by God. God cannot... Uh, heal that person. God cannot set that person free because therefore we have to accept them as they are, make room for them because that's the closest they're going to get. Then he says, quote, I believe in gay people. Some people are gay. They can't change. Wow. And according to Ryan Visconti, he says directly contradicting 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. So I encourage you to look up that passage because this specifically talks about the fact that God can set the captives free. He said, I know I shouldn't let, listen, listen, he's, he's admitting to you, this is not about the word of God. This is not coming from the truth of the word of God. It's coming from his own personal experience and his own personal viewpoint. He says, quote, I know I shouldn't let experience dictate my theology, but I have. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, yes, he is, but he won't repent for it. So um, then he says, uh, this is, again, Ryan Visconti on January 26th this year. In 2022, at the annual Drive conference, Andy began sharing publicly many of the same sentiments now with pastors and Christians. So, so in 2019, it was more hidden. 2018, he, go, he, he talks about being unhitched from the Old Testament, from Ten Commandments. As I said to you, I knew that they, he was going to go in that direction. Now, 2022, he's coming public with his sentiments in his talk. He never says homosexuality is a sin or that God can set gay people free or that gay people need to turn from their sinful lifestyles. So I want to play a video that he has. Um, he says he, uh, he holds gay, up gay people as morally superior to regular Christians. He refers to the, all the passages that clearly condemn homosexuality as, quote, clobber passages. So Andy Stanley's saying that, yes, I understand that these clobber passages. So try, let's go to this quick video. It's about a two-minute video we're going to play of Andy Stanley because, because hold on, actually, before you do that. Um, so um, he's on, so January 24th, let's go to the next headline real quick, Dry first. On January 24th, here we go, um, in, in Church Leaders, there it is, trends on Twitter for praising the faith of gay people who attend church. And uh, Page Master says, what on earth? Let this be a lesson. Much evil can be done against you, others, and your church under the banner of evangelism. This is why I shared with you Acts chapter 20. This is why I shared with you Matthew 7, the, particularly the warning of Acts chapter 20 about those wolves, those false teachers that come to devour and lead Christians astray. And so um, here's the quote, and then I'm going to play the video. A gay person who still wants to attend church 
after the way the church has treated the gay community, I'm telling you, they have more faith than I do, says Stanley in a clip of him speaking. They have more faith than a lot of you. So let's go to this video, Drya, and let's play this uh, quick two-minute video. Go ahead. Figure out how to get straight people as excited about serving and engaging as the gay men and women I know, we would have a volunteer backlog. That's my experience in our churches. Well, I, I'm a gay person, I'll just read it to you. A gay person, when I say gay men and women, okay, a gay person who still wants to attend church after the way the church has treated the gay community, I'm telling you, they have more faith than I do. They have more faith than a lot of you. A gay person who knows, you know what? I might not be accepted here, but I'm gonna try it anyway. Have you ever done that as a straight person? Do you, where do you go that you're not sure you're gonna be accepted and you go over and over and over and over? Only your in-law's house. That's the only place you go where you know you're not completely accepted, but you go over and over and over and it's because you have to. But other than the in-laws, what environment do you continue to step foot in knowing at any moment you may feel ostracized? No place, I'm telling you, the gay men and women who grew up in church and the gay men and women who've come to faith in Christ as adults who want to participate in our church, oh my goodness. I know 1 Corinthians 6 and I know Leviticus and I know Romans 1. It's so interesting to talk about all that stuff, but just, oh my goodness, a gay man or woman who wants to worship their heavenly father who did not answer the cry of their heart when they were 12 and 13 and 14 and 15, God said no, and they still love God. We have some things to learn from a group of men and women who love Jesus that much and who wanna worship with us. And I know the verses, I know the clobber passages, right? We gotta figure this out. And you know what? I think you are. Figure out how to get... Well, there you have just a clip in his own words. That should give you and tell you everything you need to know about where Andy Stanley, now I don't know where his dad is. His dad has been silent. Charles Stanley was an incredible Bible teacher and um, it, it, you know, maybe he's so grieved that he can't say anything, I don't know. But where's the accountability? Where, where so, Mostly what I've seen is not pastors who've come out and, and spoken against this. It's online bloggers, it's online ministries. And um, did you see how he treated 1 Corinthians 6, Romans 1? Oh, yeah, 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 I, I know about that. And that's interesting. Interesting? It's interesting that the principles that are, are, are espoused the principles of 1 Corinthians 6 that I'm looking at right here about do you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. That's the Apostle Paul using that terminology. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, listen, such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus 
and by the Spirit of our God. So Andy Stanley is making the Bible to be a liar. Andy Stanley is clearly denying the power of God to wash anew those who are in the category, whether you're a fornicator, you've committed adultery, or you're a homosexual, and you're a sodomite. God can redeem. So Andy Stanley is now a false teacher. And by him saying that, that North Point Community Church wants to be a welcoming church, wants to be an affirming church, and that they have more faith, they have more uh, 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 desire to serve than we do. This is blasphemy. This is apostasy. This is false teaching. How else can we categorize this? And he needs to repent, but he's not going to repent. He's been on this path way too long. He's been on this path for years, going back to even my, the time that I got saved, the path of becoming seeker-driven and relevant and affirming, denying the authority of Scripture, refusing to use the term the Bible says. What authority do you have? Clearly twisting Scripture, telling us to deny the Ten Commandments, that there's no instruction in the Old Testament. There's no instruction for... This is, all, this is just the latest example of a false teacher. And woe to these teachers, so-called teachers. You will stand, Mr. Stanley, before God one day, and you will give account. You will give account, and you're not untouchable because you claim to be a shepherd or a pastor. In fact, you don't, he, he says he doesn't want to use the term shepherd because it's an old term. Well, that was back in the, in, in the day of the New Testament. People don't understand that term anymore. We need leadership. You deny Romans 1. You treat it like it's nothing. Oh, you know, whatever. Uh, I know about those passages. That's interesting conversation. But what really matters is we got to open our doors and let all these homosexuals come in. But then here's the sad thing is that he gives this example of this woman who then uh, her husband was homosexual and they were going to get a divorce and he was coming to the church, but she didn't want him to come to that church. So he ends up going to a different campus, but he then brings his lover, his male lover to that campus and Stanley has to call him and say, no, 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 you can't serve on the serve team or whatever because the, your male lover is still married and you're committing adultery. He never calls out the sin of homosexuality. Oh, but he's going to deal with the sin of adultery. But yet, if, if, if they're married properly, then it's not adultery. This is lawlessness, folks. It's false teachers, and we must contend for the faith. When we, when we act in such disdain for the authority of the Word of God, this is what you get. This is the type of nonsense you get. So be warned. Stop following these people. Stop following. Get them off your list. Warn others about following Andy Stanley. He is now a false teacher and un unless he repents. What did Matthew 7 say? Know them by the fruits. So unless he repents unless he clearly comes out and says, I'm in error, I repent, then you and I must warn the body of Christ about these false teachers who from long ago, from long ago, as Jude 1 says, were set apart.
God knew this was going to happen. But yet God still used the teaching of this man who taught the gospel when he gave that message 23 years ago. That message was unadulterated. It was not watered down. It was not washed down. It was apologetic. It was defending the gospel. It was evidentiary. And God used it to save my life and to save my eternity. And I'm grateful to God. I'm grateful to God. And it grieves me beyond measure that I have to sit here today, 23 years later, and once again, call out this pastor, this teacher, this leader in the church. It's grieving. Okay, we got to go quickly. We don't have a lot of time. We got to go to our, um, just our break very quick. So folks, just go to our website. Please check out our website, tillministry.com, T-I-L-Ministry.com. Again, please subscribe for our newsletter. Check out our events calendar. We just put on our events for Western Washington coming up at the end of February, four nights uh, or four events in five nights. Please check it out for all of our supporters in Western Washington. Please come out to one of these events. The closest one is going to be probably for uh, Western Washington is going to be in, in Arlington on Saturday, February 25th. We're in Port Angeles, Washington, Arlington, Washington. Um, we're in uh, Oak Harbor, Washington, and in Bellingham, Washington. So please come out on those four nights. Then at the uh, in March, I will be in Spokane, Washington. I'll be in Moses Lake, Washington. And then I'm going to be in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho um, for uh, a week there. Then in April, we're going to be in Wisconsin and in Minnesota. Uh, May, uh, Lord willing, in, in, in uh, Montana. And hopefully we're going to hit South Idaho as well, uh, possibly North Dakota in the summer. So we've got, we, we're just praying the Lord will open the doors. Again, if you want us to come to your area, please uh, go to tillministry.com or to our info at tillministry.com. Let us know you want to come, us to come into your area, and we will find a way to make it work. Also, if you want to prayerfully support this ministry, please would you, would you prayerfully consider a one-time support to this ministry, tillministry.com slash donate. Um, we have increasing charges. Everything keeps going up, as I'm sure it does for you. I know these are difficult times that we are in, so please pray. Uh, I pray for the provisions that God would provide every need that you have, and would you pray for our ministry that God would provide every need that we need. There's our donate page, tillministry.com slash donate. It's a secure donation. It's a tax-deductible donation. And the address, by the way, is P.O. Box 4523, Maryville, Tennessee, uh, so please make your checks out to Truth and Love Ministry, not Project. Truth and Love or Truth and Love Ministry, P.O. Box 4523, Maryville, Tennessee, 37802. And of course, if you want to connect with us on a greater level, you can join our Gideon Army of 300, where we are praying for 300 supporters, prayer warriors, who will pray for us and donate monthly. Any amount, any amount is a blessing if the Lord leads on your heart. So thank you for all of our Gideon Army. Thank you for every one of you who are part of our Gideon Army team. We so uh, praise God for each and every one of you. We could not do this without each and every one of you committing to support us monthly. And as far as prayer, I do want to just cover your prayers. Our family has just been hit hard with sickness. Our kids have been hit hard with sickness. As I mentioned, we went on, we, we tried to go on vacation. It was anything but restful. Uh, we did have some blessed times in there, but it was just so challenging. Sick kids. My three-year-old daughter broke her leg. Uh, I got the flu. The kids got the flu. Um, you know, every sort of throwing up and all this stuff. And so we got through it. Praise God. We come back home. 
Um, my daughter had an ear infection. Now my youngest daughter, uh, uh, Leona, has another ear infection. Uh, Tuesday, my, my, my nine-year-old son got his tonsils taken out because his tonsils had gotten really bad and we, had to, we, we couldn't wait any longer. Um, and he's, he's just been, um, you know, it's been a rough road for him the last three days uh, of recovery. Please pray for him. Um, he had a bit of a fever and uh, kind of low oxygen, but he's doing much better today. Praise God for your prayers and all those who have been praying for us. Um, uh, Dryah is here tonight doing stuff behind the scenes, but he's been sick. And so he's uh, uh, right now doing this uh, very weak but praise God that he was able to do this tonight. So we are under attack. And we're under attack, I believe, because we are going to speak the truth in love. So I covet your prayers for our family, for this ministry, uh, for healing, for wholeness, for restoration. Uh, we are right now weary. Uh, I, I'm just being honest with you. We're weary. We're exhausted. Uh, we feel like our house is a hospital. But praise God for his healing. One day at a time, we walk through. We're going to be faithful. We're going to get through the end because God is faithful. Amen. Uh, just the last couple of minutes that we have, a quick couple of Bible prophecy things I want to bring up for you as we talk about Bible prophecy. Um, these are things that we got to pay attention to. Number one, um, Drya, let's go to the bombshell report. Uh, we said this. We knew this happened. Here's a report. Bombshell report. Biden admin, uh, according to award-winning journalist Seymour Hirsch, took out the Nord Stream pipeline when they denied that it was the United States government. We knew it was. Of course it was. There's no doubt. But he published an article Wednesday on, on Substack called How America Took Out the Nord Stream Pipeline, laying out the planning and operational stages of the military's directive to destroy the Nord Stream pipelines in the direction of the Biden administration, according to sources close to the operation. Um, so... Uh, last June, the Navy divers operating under the cover of a widely publicized midsummer NATO exercise known as Bal Tops 22 planted the remotely triggered explosives that three months later destroyed three of the four Nord Stream pipelines, according to a source with direct knowledge of the operational plan. I am shocked that, that with this evidence that Russia would not declare direct war against the United States. That's what they want. Um, the globalists and the, and, the, and, and the corrupt U.S. government is goading Russia into World War III, we have to pray against it. We have to pray that it will not happen until God's timing. Um, another headline, Bible prophecy. Again, we've said to you that uh, we're seeing end time things happen. The third temple is, is actively being promoted in, the, uh, in Israel. So here we go. Uh, headline from Israel 365. Go ahead. Meet the rabbi activist working to open up the Temple Mount as a house of prayer for all nations. This is uh, happening. They want the Temple Mount to be where Muslims, Jews, and Christians can all worship the same God, supposedly. This is an end-time deception, folks. And I'll talk about this more next week on my show. Um, finally, uh, we talked about the Dems' obsession with child sacrifice, with Molech worship. That's what it is, folks. Abortion is child sacrifice and Molech worship. Headline, go ahead, Drya, from the Washington Stand. Biden, in his dismayed, diluted, convoluted uh, State of the Union address uh, says, quote, in order to restore the soul of America, we need to expand abortion and transgenderism. How sick and demonic is that? And if that's not bad enough, look at this headline. You may have caught this. Uh, two Democrats, uh, a senator, uh, uh, so first of all, Congresswoman Madeline Dean from Pennsylvania, 
and Senator Ed Markey from Massachusetts. Uh, they decide to wear special pins. Now, before dry, you go to the image. You guys can see I wear a pin every time in my jacket of two feet. These two feet are about the shape of the, the feet of a baby at around eight to 10 weeks in the womb. This is not a, a fetus. This is a human being in the womb created in the image of God. I wear this everywhere as a reminder of the commitment to life, pro-life from conception to death. What did these demonically based Democrats wear? Let's go to the first image, Drya. If you haven't seen this, here is Congressman Madeline Dean. I say the word, I wear the word. Abortion care is health care. Abortion care saves lives. How sick and demented. Let's go to the next one. You'll see the pin more clearly. Here is Ed Markey saying, I'm wearing my abortion pin from PP Planned Parenthood FA to tonight's State of the Union address. Abortion is essential health care, and we need to codify this right. Notice in the picture there, don't go away, Drya. You notice the O is a heart, meaning I love abortion. Come back to me, please. Folks, this is child sacrifice worship. This is Molech worship. I told you last on Tuesday about the satanic temple wanting to codify, they're going to be opening up an abortion center where they're going to actually call it worship to Satan when they do abortion rituals. This is the Democrat party, folks. Republicans are messed up too. Republicans have issues. There's the establishment. There are the rhinos. By the way, Planned Parenthood gave... Uh, $737,000 in political donations. Every one of those dollars went to Democrats, including $2,500 to Markey. Markey has sold his soul for $2,500. He sold his soul for the 30 pieces of silver. Sick is all I can say. Well, folks, these are the last days. The Bible has prophesied the days of Noah, days of Sodom and Gomorrah, the battle is here, 2023, folks. The battle between the kingdom of heaven and the beast system. Here it is. You see it manifest. Which one are you going to choose? Which one are you going to be faithful to? Which one are you going to follow? Who are you going to serve? Who's your master? Who's your king? Who's your Lord? Who's your savior? We must contend for Christ. Contend for the faith that has been once and for all given to us. Stand your ground, contend for the faith, and let's pray for a revival in 2023, earnest revival that is based on prayer, on intercession, on our faith. We need desperately the Church of Jesus Christ to repent and to revive back to the Word of God. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. Thank you for being with us tonight. Again, I apologize about the situation with Rumble. Don't give up on Rumble. We're going to figure it out. Uh, we'll be live streaming to Rumble next week again. Um, but thank you for joining us tonight. And we will upload this to Rumble later tonight as well. So then you can go back to Rumble and share it and check it out again and share the link with those who you believe you can hear this broadcast. This is Pastor Sharam Hadian with Truth Today and Truth and Love Ministry. Have a blessed night. Have a blessed weekend. Remember, join us on Sunday for a full sermon on Contending for the Faith and reviving the fear of the Lord in the body of Christ in this hour. We'll see you on Tuesday 
noon, noon Eastern time for our next show. God bless you.